0: Thank you, Father. We give you praise. You are always our God. We hallow your name and we sanctify you in our hearts this morning. Teach us your ways that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruits in every good work and increasing with the knowledge of god thank you father that we are transformed we are healed we are sanctified we are cleansed and we are made whole again that the miraculous will be activated in this meeting and each and every one here will be immersed in the power of God. Father, let these words not be mere words, but let them come in power and in much assurance and conviction. Thank you, Father. And we all with an unveiled face as we behold, as in the mirror of the glory of God, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by your Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, please be seated. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You are not here with me. Hallelujah. You are almost getting there. Hallelujah. I am excited for second service, because I know you'll be greatly blessed by the word of God. Now quickly, we did a part one of this particular subject, and uh, it's been some weeks we put it on hold and we want to go back into it. So I'm continuing on my teaching on quantifying spirituality. Thank you, Father. Now, you need to understand that as a prophet, it's my duty to listen to what God is doing in their time in eternity and deliver it. If you've realized, there's a certain emphasis on developing our spiritual lives as believers, which has become so consistent. That means that there is going to be a spiritual famine. There's going to be a time which is very close. And I'm prophesying that if you have not developed roots in God, you'll find yourself in trouble. You'll compromise a lot, you'll make so many mistakes. And you mess up your life. Quantifying spirituality. Now, what does it mean to quantify your spirituality? I'm going to explain number one, quantifying spirituality. Then I'm going to explain what spirituality is. So, in case you don't know, we get it right. Are we good to go? So, now we said that quantifying spirituality is the act of spiritual intelligence. We've done that already, but I'm doing a recap. Is the act of spiritual intelligence where the believer begins, begins to access sorry, assess and measure and monitor the progress of his spiritual investments. I repeat that again. Quantifying spirituality is the act of spiritual intelligence. Which means it takes spiritual intelligence to be able to come to that place. So it's the act of spiritual intelligence where the believer begins to assess, measure, and monitor the progress of his spiritual investment. Number two. Quantifying spirituality is the spiritual act of measuring your investment in your work with God. Quantifying spirituality is the spiritual act of measuring your investment in your work with God. Number three quantifying spirituality is the spiritual. It's the setting the tone. Setting the tone for spiritual targets and spiritual accountability. It is setting the tone for spiritual targets and spiritual accountability. So what we are trying to say in this teaching is that every believer can measure how much they are putting in their spirituality. Now, since we have now defined or explained the quantification of our spirituality, the next question is, man of God, you should have explained what spirituality is. So now, what is spirituality? Because many people are very confused when we speak of spirituality. I'm going to go into details today. Probably I didn't share that with you in the first teaching today. Now, spirituality is the pursuit of God. And the things of God. Please note that very important thing that you need to understand. Because today people think that spirituality is just about shouting in prayer. Spirituality is the pursuit of God and the things of God through Jesus Christ in the strength or power of the spirit in accordance with the word of God. i repeat myself again. Spirituality is the pursuit of God mm-hmm. and the things of God. So what we are saying is that spirituality is one's ability to pursue god and the things of god so which means that if god or pursuing after god chasing after god yearning for god and the things of god is not in view your scope of spirituality is out of place are we following this so we said it is the pursuit of god and the things of god through jesus christ in the strength of the holy spirit in accordance with the word of God. So note. In spirituality there is a pursuit of God. There is also the pursuit of the things of God. Note there is Jesus Christ. Note there is the power of the spirit. And note it must be in accordance with the word of God. So spirituality has got to do with the person of Jesus. The person of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God fused with your pursuit are we getting this thing straight can we proceed now we are going to look into the Bible so we can see whether we can be able to explain the content and the context and the scope of spirituality because many people are very confused with spirituality are you ready Come with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read from the verse 16 downwards. Now you will have to pay attention to this because this verse will bless you. Now observe the Bible says, let no man therefore judge you in meat." I'm going to list them very soon. Or in drink. Or in respect of an holy day. Or of the new moon. Or of the Sabbath days. Observe. Next verse. He says, which are a shadow of things to come by the body is Christ. That means the reality is Jesus Christ. Next verse. He says, let no man cheat you. That's the word beguile or rob you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intruding into those things which he had not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. That means claiming to see visions that you didn't see. Or claiming to see things that you never saw. Are you following that? Next verse. And not what? Holding on to the head. Now it's getting more clever now. Then he says, from which all the body, by joint and band, having nourishment ministered and knit together, Increase with the increase of God. Follow. This is going to get interesting soon. Next verse, he says, "Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances?" Next verse, he says, "Touch not, taste not, handle not." Next one, which are all to perish with their using after the commandments and doctrines of men next verse then he says which things i have indeed which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship on the outside people can see you display these things and they're like wow this is amazing this guy is spiritual he says a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body that means punishing your body to prove spirituality not in honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Next verse. That's uh, chapter three, the verse one. He says, "If then, if ye then be risen with Christ, do what? Seek those things which are above, where Christ what seated on the right hand of God. Now look at the next verse. That's where we're going to end. Set your affection, your love, your emotion." On things, what? Above and not on things on the earth. Hmm. Back to the verse 16 of Colossians 2. Now, we're going to teach you today what spirituality is not. So we get it right. Are we getting this thing? So now, if you read the context, he's telling us that first of all, spirituality number one is not eating or what you eat or don't eat. Put it down. So the next time you hear someone say is that when you eat pork, demons attack you. Please run. But if you don't eat pork for the purposes of you not getting heavy to be able to wake up and not to pray, there is nothing wrong. Are you following what I'm saying? So I am teaching you that spirituality is not first in what you eat or what you don't eat. Are we getting it? So nobody should tell you that don't eat this food. If you eat this food, this food when you eat uh, your spiritual life. Number two, spirituality is not in what you drink or what don't, what you don't drink. If you are avoiding coke for the sake of diabetes or to prevent yourself from having sugar issues, that is fine. But once Coke is spiritualized as something, if you don't take, it makes you more closer to God, it becomes a problem. So it's teaching you what spirituality is not. It's not in what you eat or what you don't eat. Number two, in drinking. Number three, in special days. I have seen people argue concerning Sabbath. Some say Sabbath is Saturday. Some say Sabbath is Sunday. And there's an argument. Meanwhile, they've forgotten the heart and the spirit of Sabbath. In the, in the beginning, the Bible tells us God created the earth in how many days? Six days. And what did he do on the, second, on the last day? He rested to behold the integrity of what he has finished. Since that day, God instituted the Sabbath day to be a day of rest. Where he rests from all his work. In Israel, it was established that a man will work for six days. On the seventh day, he will not work, which is a Sabbath. If he works on the Sabbath, he is killed or he is stoned. Which was actually a shadow and a time because God is saying that man will work, but Christ will finish a work and rest. So when a man believes in Jesus, just like a man does not work on the Sabbath, Christ becomes his Sabbath day. Which means, Sabbath day is actually not Saturday or Sunday, but Christ's day. A man who believes Christ has come to rest his Sabbath. Are you following this thing? So, spirituality is not revealed in special days. If on your birthday, you choose to consecrate that time to fast and not eat, we thank God for your life. But once you make it look like when people eat on their birthday, it is evil, you are going out of spiritual context. If every Friday you fast, we thank God for the life, it's a great thing you are doing. But when you make that day something that must be instituted as a form of spirituality, we have a problem. So he's teaching us that even in special days, we can't spiritualize it. Are we following this? So that's number three, right? Number four, outward shows. Spirituality is not outward shows. There are some people, you can encounter them in a church or somewhere, and you feel you are not born again. The way they even walk. How are you? The Lord is with me. Praise him. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brother. Sometimes you feel like, hey, tell I'm not You know, when worship is going on, there are some people, the way they will do their worship, and you are standing there watching him, you doubt your salvation. What we are trying to say is that don't be too easily moved. And so because someone is outwardly displaying something, it means you are not spiritual enough. So he's teaching us that outward performances may not be an evidence of spirituality. There are some people outwardly, they will they will impress you, but actually you are far better than them. I'm teaching you here. Number five. All these thing I'm quoting is from scripture, what we just read. I'm a fan of spirituality, It's not in mystical visions. You know, something you can hear someone talk. He says, whilst I was in prayer, in the spirit, I saw Jesus appear from the wall. And when Jesus appeared from the wall, his hands was full of coals of fire. And when Jesus appeared, he says, my son, my son, rise up and behold my face. And as Christ beheld my face, he spat on my face. (laughs) And since that day, my eyes opened spiritually. I've never been the same again. And then you are seated there and you are imagining Jesus coming. So when would Jesus come through the wall? Ah. You you have heard something like that before. You hear, whilst I was in the day of the Lord. The portals were open. And I saw angelic beings who were dancing, dancing. And you are like, Charlie, this, ah, my goodness, Charlie. Ah. You know, you've heard somebody describe, he said, I went to heaven. I saw a beautiful gate, and you are listening up for. So, am I spiritual enough to give up? To... Listen to me. Mystical visions are not evidence of spirituality. So never feel bad when someone shares a mystical experience he saw that you have not seen. Because spirituality is not measured in that in as much as you can have those experiences the more you walk closer with Jesus. There are great men who have walked with God who have never seen a fly. There are people who are more unionized with Christ and they have never been to heaven before. So be careful. Don't feel less of yourself. When someone's experience of God doesn't look like a reality for you. Because that is not spirituality. That's what he's saying here. I'm teaching you something here. Number what? Number six. It is not in what you touch. Number six. know, we must be very careful. Someone says, once your body touches a dead body, you are dead. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Be careful. Be careful. Are you following this? Number Seven, don't taste. It's not in taste. The things you taste. Number eight, is not in the things you handle. I'm just giving you what the scripture is saying. So the money you handle is not a sign that God is with you. There are some people who hear probably a testimony of somebody who has big money. And he said, this is what I did and the Lord did it for me. Now, he begins to feel that, oh, so that means I've not received it. That means God is not also with me. God, that means God is not with me. So this guy's spirituality gave him money. My spirituality gave me poverty. Be very careful. Then finally, punishing your body. Listen. If you hear someone say that, I don't watch TV. Find out how he arrived there. Because you also say you will not watch TV. And soon that you will not watch TV will not become a law. And by trying to do it and you are struggling, it becomes punishment. I've seen people who attempted to break the record of Jesus to fast 40 days. And their motive was that I'm breaking Christ's record. And at that time, that fasting was no longer fasting. It was what? Punishment of the body. Please, this thing is a very important thing I'm teaching you. There are some people who are punishing themselves. Meanwhile, it, it, they are no longer doing a spiritual exercise. Their fasting is to compete. They had a testimony that someone did 14 days. Then they said also, I also want to have a testimony. I've told people several times. Until God has instructed you on the 40 days fast. Don't do it for your own good. Two years ago, when I attempted the 40-day fast, I had it. I made God give me eight confirmations. He did. After that, I studied and prepared. I studied the signs. When I say signs, I'm speaking of S-C-I-E-N-C-E. Signs of fasting and not just the spiritual act of fasting. And I got to know the inside outs of fasting. So I studied the medical aspect of fasting to understand a 40 day fast and how it is. Last week we saw on the news that a man went to, a pastor went to attempt a 40 day fast. He died on the 25th day. Now we can deduce that this man probably didn't hear from God because God will not speak to you to go on a fast that will kill you. Number two God expects you to use wisdom to learn. That's what there's internet. For your intellect. <laughs> so, you need to understand the rule in fasting. If you are going to do fasting without water, please hear me. If you are going to do fasting without water, don't cross three days. If you read your Bible, nobody fasted without water for more than three days. Any fasting you do for more than three days without water is death approaching you, because water is not food. Water is life. Hear me in Luke chapter four, the verse two. After Jesus was done with the forty days, the Bible says he hungered. The Bible never said he tested. Check it. He says being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. Eat nothing. He didn't say he drank nothing. And he says, and when they had ended, he afterward what? what, Hungered. He didn't say tested. That means Jesus drank water. If you don't drink water on a long fast, it becomes punishment of your body. And that punishment is a sin against your body. You cannot do 40 days without water. And without hearing from God. See, I sent the leading of God to go on the 40 days. I told the church. On water and the coconut water. I did it last two years. We did it last year. This year we are starting a building project. Our pastors are all part-time, so they all go to work. I'm the only full time. I go to the site, I meet with the contractor, we go up and down, we go on the site, I walk, and I don't even tell him I'm I've not eaten for more than 20-something days. So at the point, I realized that this guy is approaching someone. because we, this active, I preach twice every Sunday, only on water and coconut water. Friday last week, you also I was at doctor Kofi those place two days without nothing. So I said listen fasting yeah if I'll get some little porridge to give me a little energy to continue with the building project and to preach. I have not broken a fast. Because you need to understand that in as much as we are fasting, we are also under grace. So, for example, you are doing a 14-day fast and on the 7th day, you realize that even your head, you can't lift it. The whole day you can't pray, you are disoriented. Find some little banana, get some little energy, and pump prayer. That thank you. No, be can kind of honor that. Thank you, must be interpreted. Because last time, you see, that's why I said little banana. Because one time when I spoke of Daniel fast, we said you can take fruit. Someone bought fruit, 50 ganacies, banana. Fifty Ghana, and I said, "No, that's not food. That's food." <laughs> and that small porridge I got gave me some energy, and I'm still living. It. I've not eaten no, but that porridge I got gave me gave me some revival. <laughs> I'm not a fake man of God. I won't come and then because the in now the power of God is coming upon you. Now, me, I'm still on 40 brothers and sisters. I can't do that. I, my conscience will. I can't keep myself. Praise him. <laughs> so you can come to a place if you don't take it, you become so legalistic that your fasting now is now a punishment. See, over three days, the workload on you is terrible. We need to ask all the Yeah. Find something, okay. Find something. I didn't say eat. In it. I didn't say ezbandizi. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get something to keep you moving. Am <laughs> I might helping someone here? So listen. So 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 it's not it's not that you go and do the forty days, come and stand there by the grace of God. I fasted forty days. At that time, it wasn't God you encountered. Was a competition you were having with Jesus. In any competition with Jesus, you will win. Please, are we getting this? Now that we have seen what spirituality is not, the same verse tells us what spirituality is. When you read, I think the 18, you're going to see what spirituality is there (laughs) of Colossians 2. Now, come to the verse 19. Are you ready for it? Now, number one, spirituality is holding Christ. Holding on to Christ. So, spirituality are things you do to touch Christ. To hold on to your head, Jesus. Are you following? So, that means Christ is the head of spirituality. When you hold him, you have held spirituality. So that word to hold means to seize. It means to lay hand on. So all what we are doing at the end is so that we have a grip of Christ. We hold on to him so that when he moves by a grip we move with him. Are we following this? So if holding Christ is not pursuit of spirituality, it is not spirituality. That's number one. Number two, spirituality is having nourishment ministered from Christ. Having nourishment, spiritual energy, nourished from Christ. Spiritual nourishment ministered from Christ. That means the supply for your Christian life is from Christ. He ministers energy. Number three, spirituality is increasing with the increase of God. So listen to me. If you are doing all these religious, ritual activities and it is not ending up increasing you, with the increase of God, it is not spirituality. If it's not ministering nourishment from Christ, it is not spirituality. Because you can read your Bible and still be evil. Number four. Have you seen in Colossians 3, 1, he says that now that you've been raised together with Christ, he says, seek, seek, Pursue. So, spirituality is the pursuit of God. Is the thing getting clear? That's number four. So, there is no spirituality without what? Pursuit of God. Are we following this? And finally, spirituality is having your thoughts and your affections on Christ and things about it having your thoughts and affections on Christ and things above. What we are saying is that there is no way a man can be called spiritual whose mind is not heavily minded. Whose thoughts is not influenced by things that come from above. So, huh, what your mind matters in spirituality. This is a very serious matter, I'm telling you. The things you think about are evidences or proofs of spirituality, which means we want. If we, if God wants to test that the man is spiritual, He thinks he, God looks at his affections. That's what are the roots of his affection. Where your thoughts, your affections, are centered on. So, if you wake up in the morning and the first thought that comes to your mind is which food to eat, then I know you are not spiritual. No, I'm helping you here. Any decision you have to take which has no Christ-centeredness, there's a problem. Now, hear me. These things we mentioned, which we said, are not spirituality. It is possible we can use them as a means, but not as an end. So, for example, if you choose not to eat three balls of kinky at 11 p.m. so that you can be able to wake up at 2 a.m. to pray, that very thing which is food is not what made you spiritual, but what you forwent to help you in a spiritual journey. So, hear me. These things we mentioned above, without the spirit, they are rituals, not spirituals. Look at something something is we call something spiritual when the spirit is mingled with the ritual when a spirit is mingled to a ritual that ritual becomes spiritual so what makes something spiritual is the spirit effect the spirit power so which means bible reading can become a ritual fasting can become a ritual prayer can become a ritual you choosing not to eat or eat certain things can become a ritual but when those rituals are powered, led invigorated strengthened by the spirit that ritual becomes spiritual because the spirit is involved listen, spirituals are rituals we do by the spirit that's why it's called spiritual So, when you take the spirit, it only remains what? A ritual. That is why rituals are performed, spirituals are inspired. Rituals are activities. Spirituals are reactivities. They come as a reaction that comes from your union with Christ. I'm teaching you. Is someone getting something? Oh my goodness. So back to quantifying spirituality. Now listen. Those who quantify life rule life. Check Richmond. They know what time to do this. They know what time to sleep. They know what time to wake up. They quantify their life. That's why they're ruling life. Anyone that knows how to quantify his spiritual life will rule in the spirit realm. Have you realized in the physical, you don't go to a gym just to go and gym. You know you are doing push-ups ten. You are doing dumbbells twenty. Three sets. By the time you are done, you should be able to know that you have done hundred set of dumbbells. You have done hundred set of what bench. Are you following this thing? So it is in the measurement of your workout that determines the output of the size of your body. So those measurements will guide how the journey of your output will look. So which means. If a man goes and takes only five of dumbbells and goes home, can you predict his future? <laughs> so he himself, whilst he's doing the five, he knows it won't go well with him. Likewise, if we are able to quantify our spiritual life. We can predict our future with God and our future in life. Huh. Today you will learn. I'm telling you. Anyone who wants to make spiritual progress must be strict on himself. Hey, Gaudible fratis. Now, have you realized... That in the construction of the tabernacle, remember the tabernacle was a system God designed by which he could meet with man to have what? Fellowship. For that to happen, God had to give a measurement of how the the construction of the tabernacle must be. Have you realized that? So for God to have fellowship with man, he had to quantify the measurements within which the fellowship will happen. Likewise, in our spiritual life, there is a system God designs whereby our fellowship with him must be measured. You won't believe. For example, in Exodus chapter 30 from the verse 22. I heard this from one man, of God, and he really blessed me. Now, can you imagine even the making of the anointing oil? It was measured. You can't put more of a material than the other, which God has not said. It can be called a holy anointing oil. Look, he says, more what the Lord speak unto Moses saying. Look, look at it. He said, take thou also unto thee principal spices of what? Pure meh. How many? 500 shekels. And of what? Sweet cinnamon. Half so much. Which is what? 250 shekels. And of sweet calamus. How much? 250 shekels. Look at the next verse. He says, and of cassia How much? 500 shekels. After the shekel of the sanctuary and of the olive of an inn. That means you have to mix it with the olive oil. So listen. In those times, the olive oil was not anointing oil. It was these ingredients that was mixed that made the olive oil what? A holy anointing oil. So look at the next verse. He says, And thou shalt make it an oil of what? Holy ointment. An ointment compound after the art of apothecary. It shall be holy anointing oil. In fact, even the conversation is amazing. Why God said, Meh, you know, meh is very bitter. Eh? Meh is very bitter. He said, That one put 500 inside. Sweet calamus. Isn't this sweet? He said, Do it half, 250. And look at the 22. It said sweet cinnamon. Also do it what? 250. Then it says "Cassia, Another bitter element. It said I want to what? 500. Mix it. When you mix it with the olive, then it becomes anointing. So which means that any man who is anointed, your pain is more than your enjoyment. The bitter one was 500. The sweet one was 250. So the price for anointing is higher than the enjoyment. So listen, anybody who doesn't want to go through pain, like fasting, like praying for 10 hours, praying for 4 hours, praying for 2 hours. Refusing to enjoy worldly pleasures, which is very pleasurable. You you go through affliction for the purpose of developing your spiritual muscles. You are not ready for anointing. Because every anointing will cost you the price you pay is more than what you enjoy. That's just by the way. So they were what? Measurement. Say measurement. It was quantified. Now I found a verse in the Bible which is very interesting. Now, if you read the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, the verse 5. Interesting verse. Watch that. He says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. That means every believer must have self-examination. And guess what? Examinations come to what? Access assess, and measure you. So the purpose of examination is to measure you. How well you are doing as a student. How are you able to assimilate what is lectured? Are you following this thing? So, he says examine yourself whether you be in the faith Improve your own self. So, every exam is to examine and prove you. Now, that word examine yourself is the same word for what we are calling quantifying spirituality. Because that word examine is from the Greek word pyrazo, which means to scrutinize. To test. To prove for the purpose of ascertaining quality. Is this message standard? Or is too hard? Is it hard? This is the simplest I can do. Now, let me make it even more simpler. At least I'm giving you five tests. Of quantifying spirituality, number one, you must know how much time you spend in prayer daily, weekly, and monthly. You must know how much time you spend in what prayer daily, weekly, and monthly. You see, this teaching, here, if you are not serious with God, you boycott it. I'm talking to those who want to leave a legacy. Eh? that their children will come and inherit their God. This teaching will save you and your, ch- your children, I'm telling you. If you get this thing right, you will not leave a bad inheritance for your children. You will leave to them God. I said something in the morning. I said that your spirituality is the greatest what investment you can make and the greatest inheritance you can leave. Your spirituality or your spiritual life is the greatest investment you can make and the greatest inheritance you can leave. So, if you are dying and you give cars and houses to your children and never give them God, you failed. The children knew cars. They didn't know God. They didn't know God. Listen, what we are valuing now as Christians is changing. This is our heart. We don't care about God again. So we are looking for quick miracles. Not knowing that miracles are supposed to be signs that accompany believers. And these signs are followed. So the believer is in a hurry chasing for money. He's in a hurry so when he wakes up, know God. The first thing he thinks is showering because I'm late. Ironing because I'm late. Eating quickly. So we shower, we pomade, we eat, we go to work and come back. That is not life, I'm telling you. If this is how you are living your life, you are not living life. You are not living life. Listen, you cannot be a Christian and you move from Monday to Friday without God in your life. You are treading on the most dangerous path in your life. I'm telling you something very serious. This morning I was teaching on quiet time. This is about the 20th teaching I'm doing. Because of that, I have we have bought daily devotionals. We have made it available there. The, the, the big one here. This is from Scripture Union: Daily Guide and Daily Power. You can buy any of them. I bought two of them. I already have two devotionals there. In as much as i read my bible for myself and everything I, right now i have four devotionals this one is 30 cities the other one is do they still have more you can get it as a church so in case you are confused you don't know where to read daily Guide is going to guide you but hear me you cannot live your spiritual life by chance i've seen students they say i'm i'm, I'm late for lectures And I realized that all people who say they don't have time, when calamity happens, they make time. People say I don't have time. The day a policeman stops you and says, follow me to the station. No matter how you are late, you follow him. That means you always have time. It's priority. That's the problem. Listen, listen, whatever we deem important, we make time for. So hear me. If you don't make time for God, it simply means God is not important to you. It's that simple. Don't tell me your work is, is too tight. It's, your work is not tight. God is not so important. Oh, first Peter tells us to sanctify the Lord in your heart. And most of us have sanctified other things in our hearts. I shared with you the last time. If a friend calls you and you missed his call and never called him back for eight months and you fell into trouble, and he is the only one who can help you will you get confidence to call him back why because you miss his call you never bothered to call at that time he's still your friend union but you lack confidence to approach him to ask what happens is that god gives most of us calls and we miss his calls and never call him back a time comes when we are in need what happens is that because we have failed to call God back in the place of prayer and the word of God. Now we don't have the confidence to command certain things to go. And that is how we fail as Christians. The more you are, you are, you are drawn away from God. Eh? The more your confidence, your faith to handle spiritual matters. Doing those. So you should be able to know listen you can't tell me that you don't know the number of hours you pray per day no listen in the journey of spirituality it's a serious matter because it's a life and death matter here i am telling you a witch was interviewed she said those times when she was a witch they go and put ropes tie ropes that's what they use for their experiments Then they tie the rope from one end to the other. Another which holds it. And when a bus is coming or a car is coming, they target it. If there is only one Christian who is spiritual in it, when the bus comes, it will pass through the rope. Only one. The power of one spiritual Christian. When the Bible says one shall chase a thousand and two, ten thousand, that one is not any ordinary one. Because there are some of you, you're one, they will chase you. <laughs> I'm teaching good here. I, I, I'm, I'm teaching good though. Just one. One spiritual believer. Just only the one spiritual believer. He he makes a difference. That believer that wakes up in the morning finds some Bassi or some Theophilus Sunday to change his atmosphere. He's on his knees just 30 minutes. Saying, Father, I want to praise you and bless your name. Thank you for the gift of life you've given to me. I'm so grateful for the great things you've done for me. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for medication. Thank you for the wisdom you've given to me to think. Thank you for giving me your salary. Thank you for the things you've done for me. Father, today I stand in the authority of your name and I pray for the president of this nation. I pray for my father. I pray for this nation. I pray for the nations that are battling with earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. I pray that you comfort the lost people who have lost relatives and you are making intercessions and you are praying all these things within 30 minutes and you will leave home, Father, as I go I commit my day into your hands, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Sometimes people go out, they come back, you hear bad news and you are wondering why did God watch that believer to die innocently? Listen, God did not watch! He did not watch. Because the Bible says watch and pray. So it was not God who was not watching. It was you who was not watching. Because God has set principles. The only time heaven can intervene is when men call. Because for the last time I checked, God gave dominion of the earth to man and came out. He says, "Let them have dominion, so the dominion of the earth is to man. So if man wants to do a decision, or if man wants an intervention, he must bring God into it by calling. John, what he says, is, it seems God will do nothing except my prayer. You'll be shocked. I explained to you on the power of prayer, l- using wrestling as an example. I'll keep using that because the best way I can describe it for you. How many of what tag team champions before? Yeah, two people should four people should come quickly. Four people should come. So um, yes, okay, so you are big enough to represent God. Come this way. I'll keep using this example. You are slim enough to represent the believer. Okay, so you are okay to represent life problems. Let me see your head. Okay, so you the devil. <laughs> Alright, so you've won tag Team Champions, right? Alright, so uh, you come this way, go back and then he comes. This is the believer. This is life problems and the demons in your family and the curses that are chasing you and everything evil in life. Alright, so you are just gently, okay, don't beat up yourselves. So, you're in a battle. <laughs> He's fasting so take your time. Who do you tell when he So, Go down. So, now, life challenges, life problems is hitting you and you are down. Now, the best thing you can do as a sign of sorrow is crying. But unfortunately, wrestling, there are rules. The the game does not respect your tears. It respects the rules. So, life is beating you. And your partner, who is outside the ring, has what it takes to finish this and settle himself. And he has stretched his hands. That means he's willing to help no matter how tired you are find last strength and do what tap because tapping is the only way where you can come out for him to come in <laughs> then when he comes he takes problems and takes satan combines them and finishes them now prayer is how to tap so Christians are crying they are worrying meanwhile he says everything by prayer and he says you have not because you ask not. So the problem of God is not giving. Your problem is asking. So no matter how much you are crying you say God so look at what you are making me go through and you 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 don't even call me your son. Why? Why? And you are offended. When I needed God, he didn't intervene. God says hey, my hands was already stretched. I was waiting for you to tap. And you are crying. And you are looking for connections. Meanwhile, I have the greatest connection because I can connect every human being. The heart of the king is in the hands of God and he takes it wherever he pleases. And you are waiting in the hands of that rich man who says he wants to sleep with you before he gives you a job. When God can command that rich man and says, hey, hey, he can. So many Christians are suffering from it. Thank you very much. Let's appreciate it. So he says that, listen, be anxious, worry for nothing, but in everything by prayer, which means no warrior can become a true warrior. So in everything by prayer, not everything my dear. Unfortunately, God is a spirit. And spirits are very legalistic. So, if God says prayer is the only way of coming, your tears can't move in. So, listen, there is a very important reason why we must quantify our spiritual life. Please, are we following this? So, listen, decide if you are now starting. It's okay. Sorry. Start with 30 minutes. Quantify that every day I'll do 30 minutes. Now I'm going to shock you. If Monday you do 30 minutes, Tuesday 30 minutes. Wednesday till Sunday you do 30 minutes. Calculate that in hours. How many hours is that? Now, which means that in a week, at least out of 168 hours, you spend 3 hours. It's a good start than not praying at all. So, now, three and a half hours multiplied by four, which is what? So, three and a half hours, three and a half hours, three and a half hours, a half hours, three and a half hours. Calculate it. How many? So, that means in the month, you prayed how many hours? Do you see that if you were to sit down to pray 14 hours, you couldn't have done that? But that 30 minutes you did, by quantifying it, you spent 14 hours with God, which is great time. Multiply that 14 hours by 12. Calculate that. Someone should check it. Punch it. What? Hey! <laughs> Someone says, now what year did they crowd with him? Give it to me. Huh. Which means, in 365 and quarter days of the year, you prayed how many hours? 168 hours. That's no big deal. You know, some of you are saying that and the thing, um, uh, yeah. So, so you're like, e, what is happening to you is that you are targeting the big things, so you are failing to see the small things. So, you are waiting to pray two hours before you start. When one God say Start from 50 minutes and be faithful, and that 50 minutes will start growing. A time is going to come. Unconsciously, that 50 minutes you planned. Now, before you realize 30 minutes, you're like, Hey, me, 30. They are now to be growing. you will keep shocking yourself and breaking your records. You start quantifying spirituality to determine how well you're doing this. It. Listen, it's unfortunate. Eh? The one of the reasons why we must take our spiritual life seriously is because life is spiritual. The powers, the demons, the, the principalities we are dealing with, they are far stronger than us. For information, eh, before creation, they existed. And when creation was going on, they were there. And after creation, they've been there. After the fall of man, they have been there. So they know the anatomy of man. They know the weaknesses of man. They know what they can do to break man. They know what it means to be depressed. So they know the signal to send to you to break you down and break your spirituality. So listen, the reason why we must be more spiritual is because we need a power higher than those powers. To empower us. To empower us. Be able to overpower them, so listen to me. You are, of all men, the most miserable when you trivialize your spiritual life Monday to Sunday. One month by one kind of Bible. You mean, listen, listen now. You see, I am saying this if you want to feel bad, in fact, it is the best. Feel bad now, out of 24 hours you mean you were so busy that God did not have space? We have a lot of questions to answer by the way we are treating God. For information, God wants us for him, for us. Not for himself. You need God for you. I'm telling you. So, if, listen, if God is looking for worship, he can command those to worship him. If he wants service, he has angels whose assignment is to serve. So whatever we are doing with and in God at the end of the day is for who? It's for us. So listen, running away from prayer is running away from destiny. The word of God is food. Running away from your Bible is running away from food. Can you imagine? If you are also and bed. A man I watched on a supernatural way, Sid Roth. He said one day he was reading the Bible. He's a seer. And when he opened the Bible, his eyes opened. And he saw a literal heart pumping on the Bible. Suddenly, he heard a voice audibly said, this book is alive. It's alive. Then the vision went, Literally that means there is a heart in this book you are holding. This book is alive. And anyone that opens it will become alive in the spirit. This book you are seeing, the Bible calls it water. It quenches your thirst. It cleanses your body and makes you spiritually purified. This book you are holding. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished. Your building is in this thing. That thing you have thrown away. That thing you have kicked off your bed. These are things that people in the early 80s, they kept this discipline no matter how busy they were. And we have thrown it away. And yet we want miracles. This is the book of miracles. If you want to see miracles, they are here. And the more you read them, the more you can believe the God that works miracles. Because God is not a magician. He's a father who wants a relationship. He's not an ATM machine. When we go to him, only when we need something from him. No. Don't treat my God that way. Don't treat him that way. No. The very reasons why we are not spending time with God are the very reasons why we must spend time with him. Someone says, I can't spend time with God because of my children. Meanwhile, it's because of your children I you must spend time with God. And God is watching us. So I can imagine the heart of Jesus weeping, seeing Christians perish, discouraged, broken into pieces. And God says, hey, you are serving the all-powerful, all knowing God, the ever-present help in time of trouble, and yet these Christians don't come. They seek their friends for counsel. You are all counsel belongs to him. They seek men. Since when was your life built on prophets? The last time I checked, when prophet went, Isaiah went to Ezekiel and said, Ezekiel, pack your things. You have how many days? How many days do you have to live? He says, you have a few days. I think you're about to die. Surprisingly, he can't even go and chase the prophet. He turned his face to the God of the prophet. He didn't chase the prophet. The prophet, he went to the God of the prophet, spoke to the God of the prophet and the God of the prophet spoke to the prophet to come to him to tell him has added 50 years. Listen to me. If we learn to access the altar on our own selves, and develop and build it, solutions will come. I'm telling you. Teaching good. Yeah. The commodity for running business is capital. The commodity for running a car is world. The commodity for running God is time. I repeat myself, and let me make it even more clear: the commodity for running a business is capital. The commodity for running a car is fuel. They hear this. The commodity for running a relationship is time. Throw time away, and relationship will go along with it. Any relationship you don't make time for, you lose it. Oh my God! Oh my Lord! Help us to. Imagine you're waking up at 5 30, at 4.30, at 5 a.m., and you're just doing this. Oh Lord, I preach. You are my Lord and my King. I honor and hallow you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your disease. Who redeems thy soul from death and crowneth thee with his loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy strength is like the eagles. I bless thee, O Lord, for thou art very great. You are my life and my light. You are my glory, the lift up of my heart. A thousand shall fall by my side and ten thousand my right hand. Only with my eyes will I behold the reward of the wicked. Thank you, my Father. I praise and honor you for your omnipotence. Your power that is ever with me, for your omnipresence, your presence that is always with me. I praise your name and I give you glory. My Lord and my God, I had to find myself in you. I find my pleasure in you. You are the joy of the whole world. In you we live and move and have our being. The breath I breathe is a gift from you. For every breath I draw comes from you. You are the food I eat. I am desperate for you. I am hungry for you. You are my Lord. My King. My Prince of life. I depend on you. The God that gave me life. You are glory and the lift of my head. I bless you. Word is the Lamb that was slain to receive power. To receive glory, blessings, honor, riches, wisdom and glory. I praise you for who you are. For your loving kindness. Your tender mercies. Your increase. Your goodness. Your graciousness. I bless thee oh Lord. I give you praise imagine you are doing this for 30 minutes you know what happens the Lord begins to give you direction the Lord begins to fill you when the Bible is speaking of be filled with the spirit that's what we are talking about by the time you leave home you are filled you are invigorated with new power depression will die off and melt like wax Malovro, Seketuba Sana Kapala, Empower me. Paul said that he will grant you according to this grace to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. That you being deeply rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend along with other saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God for unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in me so that Means God does it. I got into the power working. What power is working? Hear me. The Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. But the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. That means in salvation you receive the person and power of the Spirit. In prayer you generate that power and make it available. So listen, you have to learn to turn on. Spark that power and we do that in morning devotion. Spark that power, that anointing upon your life. Before you realize it's increasing because the part of the just is like a shining sun, shining ever brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. You stay with him. He that dwelleth in the secret place, not he that visited, but he that dwelleth. He stays, he remains in the presence of God. He says, pray without ceasing. So we don't pray for answers. We pray because we live by it. the Lord is my shepherd, I shall walk. He makes me lie down in green patches. He restored my soul. He leaded me in the path of righteousness. Here though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cap runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Let's see that demon that follows you. Why you generate that power? Hebo Feko Mala Shepo Neko Tievesoka Paliato Sine Oriamo Havilo Hakica Manoswabagan Ringostocanda Bigri Bigrisolavilo Hamura Safacanda says as you are puttu cambrigi son alto vilo harigisumba gapai say the spirit where my sons I have been waiting for them in the secret place, yet they are nowhere to be found. Many of them are busy looking for things I have. Many of them are running rampantly chasing after things that have no life in them. When I promise them in my word that I will do what they ask. When I promise them in my word that if they will seek me early they shall find me. And my children are nowhere to be found. But those who stay by me will live by me. Those who draw their strength from me will be empowered by me. As they abide in me, I will cause them to bear fruit. As they abide in me, I will empower them and I'll make them face the devil square for square and they will win because I am their battle axe, I am their strength, I am their glory, I am their victory, I am the one that overcomes. But they can only uh, overcome when they do it with me and by me and through me and in me. So, have the Spirit of God. Me of our large. Thank you, Father. You are my Jesus.